You guys go ahead and have a seat. So it's been, uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks, right? Like, it's like we can't get any traction on Wednesday night because a hurricane hits or COVID hits or a world pandemic, something happens, right? And so it's finally good to be back, finally good to be uh, really finishing up this whole series, this witnessing while distancing thing. It seems like it's taken us like a year to get through it because something has come up every single time. And so tonight we're going to be in our last session of witnessing while distancing. And so I know we have kind of went through First Timothy, kind of skipped around some different things just because of the way the, the, the year works and the calendar and all that good stuff. So tonight we're going to be in First Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 21. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open that. It's going to be on the screen too. Um, and so every week we've been talking about these different things, right, of how, what does it practically look like? Um, as a college student, or even as an 18 to 24-year-old, uh, to go out and to truly witness even while a pandemic is happening, even while you are literally forced to stay six feet away from people. Like normally, whenever we say, hey, you guys go out there and witness, you guys go out there and win people, you guys go out there and invite people, most of the time, that takes going to them personally and saying, hey, and being kind of awkward, you know what I mean, and just kind of having these awkward conversations with people and kind of going up to them and kind of doing your whole spill on, hey, you know, you should come to church, and this is maybe why you should come to church, and I don't really know, they have coffee or something, you should come with me, right? And so normally whenever it comes to, to witnessing, we think of, oh man, number one, that's a big word, and number two, listen, I got to go face to face with these people, but it's a little bit different in this type of scenario that we're in, like in reality today, as we have to stay six feet apart from different, from people inside of our lives. And so we, each week we've been looking through some different ways, normally two or three different ways of doing this, because we know, number one, there's a reality in this world, right? Number one, there's a reality of there is something happening in this world, and we literally cannot do this thing like we've been doing it. We literally cannot invite people to church like we've been inviting them. We literally cannot be doing this Christian thing like we have been literally for our whole lives, right? And so as we approach this, how do we know and how do we come face to face with this reality of number one, we know there's something going on in the world, but number two, there's a reality of God's reality. And God is saying, no Christian, you are never to stop witnessing. You are to never stop telling people about my son and about what he has done for you and all your friends and all your family, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever you are. You are to never stop telling. So how do those, how do those two things mesh together? So tonight we're going to finish up with three different things that we are to do really inside of our own lives. And I know, uh, you know, witnessing uh, causes us to go to different people, but really these things tonight, these three things really are what you need to do on a personal standpoint. So really kind of see it as, as me and you sitting in a room, just us and me telling you these things. Like that is how personal uh, this is going to be tonight, right? And so as we look into Scripture, what is Paul and Timothy telling us to do tonight on a very personal level? Look with me in 1 Timothy Chapter 6, verse 11 through 21, it literally says the final charge to Timothy. So this is the last words. It says, but you, men of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, 
To him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put up their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You may need to underline that word. He, like, he provides things for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed, and in doing so, have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. And so what is, what is the first thing that we see through this tonight? Number one, here's what you need to do. Pursue the right things inside of your life. That is the very first thing that we see through this scripture. You need to pursue the right things inside of your life. Verse 11, if you want to highlight it or maybe make a correlation between the two, it says, but you, men of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness. Here's what you need to underline or write in it or take a note somehow. Here's what you pursue. You pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. So all these things inside of your life, these are what you need to pursue inside of your life. And so just ask yourself the question. It's very simple tonight. Like, am I truly pursuing, like, godliness and righteousness? Like, am I in my life pursuing faith every single day? Am I pursuing love every single day, endurance? Am I pursuing gentleness every single day? Like inside of our own lives, we need to see like as we pursue things, we're going to pursue something inside of our life. That's not a question. I could go around this room, whether it's good or bad or godly or ungodly, whatever you want to call it, and you can tell me what you pursue every single day. Probably multiple things that you pursue every single day. And you know I'm right because we are all in this category. We all have a desire to pursue something the reality is we have to pursue the right things inside of our lives in order to correctly witness while we are distant from other people, right? And so here's what this means is that what we pursue will determine who we pursue. What we pursue, the things inside of our lives, will determine who we pursue. Here's, here's a prime example. If you are every single day pursuing things that you don't need to pursue, and I don't need to name them, you already know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are pursuing things inside of your life that you do not need to pursue, then do you think that you will have any desire to reach out to other people for the cause of Jesus Christ? It's, it's, it's a natural no. I'm not going to have that desire to reach out to other people inside of my life. And on the other hand, if you are pursuing what you are supposed to be pursuing every single day, if you are truly, if you call yourself a Christian, diving into the Word every single day, if you are truly surrounding yourself with the people in this room every single day, with Christians, if you are truly pursuing prayer and saying, God, I'm not just going to get up and just hope that today is great, hope that you have today under control. No, God, I'm going I'm to talk to you today. I'm going to actually pursue you in prayer. Like as we pursue God in these types of ways, as we pursue godly things, then naturally we will start pursuing who God pursues. Does this make sense to you guys tonight? Like it determines who you pursue because of what you pursue. And so we need to get in in this mindset as a college group that we're not just going to attract people to this group. We're not just going to attract people for a fun time or for a cool worship experience on a Wednesday night. 
That is not what we are here for, and that has never been what we are here for. No, what we are here for is to be fed on a Wednesday night and then to go out into all of your different areas, all your different schools, all your different relationships, every single place that you come from, and say, listen, I'm going to pursue Jesus Christ because as a result of pursuing Jesus Christ, as we scatter in 170 different directions, I'm going to naturally get 170 different results. And so if we choose not to pursue godly things, then think about it. What are we? We are just a social club that's meeting on a Wednesday night, and we are doing nothing for the kingdom of God. And I would then ask you, like, why, why are we wasting our time if we are doing that? Right? And so as you go throughout every single day, simply go through Scripture. God tells you what to pursue. It's not like we have to look for it. Go through it. Am I pursuing all of these things verse 11 tells me to pursue every single day? And if you're one of those that say, well, I don't know how to pursue those things, that's why I'm here for you. So let me know. Text me afterwards. We'll talk. So what you pursue will determine who you pursue. And here's the reality. Like we can either pursue many things half-heartedly or a few things wholeheartedly. And I think that is a lot of the problem with this 18 to 24-year-old and this whole generation type deal, right? It's because we think that naturally we just want to cram so many things in and so we want to naturally pursue so many things at one time. We want to naturally pursue having this and having that, having living our lives like this in college or living our lives for God in college. Like we think for some reason we can pursue many things and mix the many things together and get a godly result, right? But that is not how this works. No, what he is telling us, he is saying you limit what you pursue. You are not created to pursue a million different things at one time. Why? Because when you pursue those million different things, you're not going to do anything wholeheartedly. You're not going to do it. It's impossible. And so what he is telling us tonight, he is saying, you focus on pursuing just a few things. You're saying, well, what are those few things? Look back with me in verse 11, like we just talked about, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, right? And so as we focus on these things, it's not that it's impossible to focus on these things. It's just the reality that we choose not to, and we choose to focus on other things. And that is just the reality of us all tonight. So here's the, here's the deal. You can either choose to pursue many things with only a half a heart, or you can pursue the few things that God tells you to pursue with your whole heart and find life and find abundance. And that is the cool thing about this. Whenever God tells you to do something, we've said this so many times, whenever God tells us to do something, we know that it is always for our good, right? We know that it is always for his glory, and we are truly living life. We're not just experiencing life anymore. And so as we pursue these godly things, we are saying in return, God, as I pursue these things, I want you to give me life and life abundantly, God, because I know as I pursue you, you're going to give me your life, the kind of life that no one can ever take from me. I love how one guy sums it up. He says, this challenge to leave some things and follow hard after some other things isn't just directed to Timothy, but to everyone who would be a man or woman of God, as opposed to being a man or woman of this world. Like, have you ever, have you ever saw, seen the scripture in this type of sense and like with these eyes? Like, he is not just challenging and directing Timothy to do these things inside of his life. No, this is a direct correlation for us tonight. Like, as we read these things, he is literally talking to us tonight. And so as we read this challenge to Timothy, and as Timothy, I'm sure, he went home to whatever he lived in back in the day and whatever he did back in the day. And he went home to this thing, right? And so he was like, okay, okay, God, I know what you want me to pursue. 
I know what you want me to pursue, God, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue that every single day. And then he was thinking, and the cool thing is, this isn't just a challenge for me, but this is a challenge for people thousands of years down the road. You see, God's word never changes, and this is what this means for God's word to never change. Is that the same glory God was seeking after in Timothy is the same glory he's seeking after in you. And this is what we have to see tonight, that there is glory at stake. So we need to understand that we need to pursue the right things. And it's so simple. God has literally spelled it out in Scripture for us. And a lot of times what we do is we read this. Prime example tonight, we read this, and we're going to walk out and not think twice about it. And we're going to wonder why God is not receiving glory inside of our lives. We're going to wonder why we are searching for hope and for peace and for his life. Maybe it's because if we just simply listen to what he told us to pursue, then we would in turn get what, everything that he had for us. Get life and life to the abundance. So what does it keep doing? It keeps going. It says, number one, pursue the right things. Number two, fight the good fight. This is what we are to do. We are to fight the good fight every single day. Look in verse 12. It says, literally, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So I don't know if you maybe have a highlighter or something, but highlight the first part of verse 12. Make a note of it somehow. Fight the good fight of the faith. Here's the deal with this. I think even with my life, this is what I see, is that I don't see my relationship with Jesus as a war zone. And that hurts me. Because what I believe sometimes, and what I, the trap that I fall into sometimes, is that I look at my relationship with Jesus and I'm like, hey, this should be natural. As I've made this decision to give him my life, it should be natural for all these things to naturally take place. But no, you look in Scripture, and it is literally a war zone, a spiritual war zone. Like, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that Satan is not going after you. Just because you go to church every single Wednesday night does not mean Satan is not going after you. And so we need to see that this is a fight. Like when you decide to be a Christian, I feel like we've messed this up so many times. Whenever we decide to be a Christian, we are taking on a spiritual war inside of our lives. And so therefore what that means is we got to get, we got to pull really close to what we pursue every single day. And we got to understand, you're not waking up to some, some cool walk in the park. No, you're waking up to Satan is going after you every single day. You're waking up to Satan has his aim set on you every single day. You're looking at temptation is going after you every single day. This is what you were looking at. And so for all of us who have grown up thinking that the Christian walk is something easy, no, Scripture says the exact opposite. It says as you become a Christian, as you lay your life down and take up the life that God has for you, you need to understand that is the moment you start fighting. That is the moment you start being aggressive because I believe most of us, we are not aggressive in our walk with Jesus Christ. And that's just the reality of it all. We don't fight for time with him. We don't fight to go after other people. We don't fight to witness even during a pandemic. We don't do these things most of the time. Why? Because most of the time we're weak. And most of the time we are lazy and we're like, listen, this, this will come naturally. God will get his work done with or without me. No, 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 no. Paul's telling Timothy, he's like, listen, I challenge you. I challenge you to get up and see your walk with Jesus Christ as a fight every single day. 
every single day. The soul that you gave to Jesus Christ, this is a fight every single day. This isn't just some cool walk. This isn't just some, some cool tour uh, while you're here on earth, right? This isn't just some get out of hell free card. No, this is a I'm going to wake up. I'm going to fight. I'm going to labor. I'm going to pursue Jesus Christ with everything that I have by fighting the good fight. So here's what this means. In order to reach a lost world from a distance, we have to have a soldier's determination is what we have to do. I love how Paul, he goes all throughout the Bible, and he, he explains these things, and he explains his attitude of that of a soldier, right? Of that of a military person, or that of a, someone who fights literally for a living, someone who goes after the enemy, someone who literally pursues the enemy while, get this, while they are pursuing freedom at the same time. Do you see that? And so he is saying, you need to have a soldier's determination. Every single day you wake up, do not give Satan an inch because if he gets just one yard of a football field, he will take the other 99. He will take all of it. And this is what we need to see of Satan inside of our lives. We cannot give him just one small bit because if we give him one small bit, he will take a lot of it, if that's even a word. He will take a lot of it. And so have a soldier's determination especially as you're fighting for people's souls from a distance. Wake up and realize it is not about you, it is not about me, but it is about those people out there, and we have to have this determination that is built up inside of us that says whatever the cost, whatever it may cost me, however it may look, I'm going to have a soldier's determination, and it's going to start with me and my personal quiet time every single day, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight for people. Not just for myself, but for other people. Here's how one person summed it up. He said, God calls us to be fighters, but to fight the good fight of faith, a fight where some may lose a battle here and there, but they will carry on the fight with great determination until the war is over. Right? He calls us to be fighters. And, and here's what I love about this. If you wrote that down or took a picture, you need to take note of this. It says, a fight where some may lose a battle here and there. I don't want you guys to misunderstand me tonight. I'm not asking you guys to go out and to be perfect. I'm not asking you to go out and to have a, have a 10 out of 10 when it comes to witnessing. I'm, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to simply try. That's what I'm asking. Because the reality is you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. We're all going to fail. But guess what? Scripture never promised us that we would be perfect. Jesus never promised us. He never said that, hey, if you would just do this, you will win every single person you go after. He never, he never even did that. And so as we fight this fight, as we have this soldier's mentality, you guys need to understand right at the beginning that you're not going to win every single thing. You're not going to win it. And, and I think something for me, whenever I was a kid growing up in church, I got saved when I was nine years old, and all throughout being a teenager and even in college, that's something that I, that I really, I believe that, hey, if, if, I'm, if Jesus is on my side, I'm never going to lose, man, Right? Like, I'm never going to fall into this dark hole of sin and temptation. Like, if I witness to somebody, they're going to have to pray to receive Christ because I'm, I'm a Christian. And no, no one ever explained to me that just because you're a Christian, it does not mean you're going to be perfect in every single thing you do. And I want to encourage you guys with that tonight because I feel like so many times that holds us back. But you need to get it, a fight where some may lose a battle here and there. Some of you may lose a battle. In fact, you will lose a battle here and there. So don't get discouraged. Keep fighting the good fight. 
Here's what's interesting to me. According to verse 12, uh, we are called and drafted to fight for other people's souls. So here's the only question for tonight. Like, are we going to freely choose to participate in this mission? Are we going to choose to freely participate in this? Because according to verse 12, we are literally called, not only called, each individual person, but we are also drafted into God's team, into God's army, to fight for other people's souls. And do you realize how selfless that is? It's not just fighting for your own soul. No, what Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, listen, as you witness while you are at a distance, you have yourself taken care of. You know how to fight. You know how to get up every single day. You know you're growing in your faith every single day. What we do now, after we're a Christian, Timothy, is we fight for other people. We don't, we don't, we don't focus on ourselves. No, as we grow every single day, as you have the method, as you have, the, have everything you need in order to be a strong Christian, no, you do that, but at the same time, don't only do that. You always go after other people. And so our question is, are we going to participate in that tonight? Like, as you walk out, are you going to participate in this calling and in this drafting? So it keeps going into the third point. We're about to close out. Number three, guard what God has given you. Guard what God has given you. But it keeps going, and verse 20 says it best. It says, Timothy. So it's very specific. So just imagine me saying your name tonight. He said, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. Here's the deal, Christian, in the room is that we have been entrusted with what we call the gospel. We have been entrusted with the finished work of what Jesus has done on the cross. We have been entrusted and called to share this news literally with other people. And so what this means is that their souls are hanging in dependence. Are we going to obey or are we not going to obey? Are we going to take God up on his offer or are we not going to take God up on his offer? We can't be half and half. Here's how one person one person put it. He said, Paul had confidence in Timothy, and he did trust him. Yet Paul also knew how great the power of seduction is and how high the stakes are. So he warned and warned and warned again. Like, isn't this so cool tonight? Like, as, as the band comes up, isn't this, isn't this so cool tonight? Like, he didn't just warn him once. And you may be thinking, dude, you say the same stuff every single week. Like, you're literally warning us of the same stuff every single week. You tell us to watch out for the same stuff every single week. There, there is value in repetition and saying, listen, this is what you need to look out for in your life. And so Paul didn't just say, hey, you need to be warned one time, and you're going to be good for the rest of your life. No, no, no. He didn't go with saying, hey, you need to be warned two times, and I'm going to shut up about it because I know I'm annoying to you. He didn't only do it three times or four times. No, every single day was a warning. And he was saying, you need to understand, you need to guard this gift that God has given you inside of your life. How do I guard that? By pursuing the right things inside of my life. How do I guard that? By going after people inside of my life. Like, I don't simply need to give up the gospel because I am in a new phase of life. I don't simply need to give up the thing that I have been living for and I've given my soul for when I became a Christian, simply because I now call myself a college student. I don't need to do that. I need to come together, and I need to realize that I have been giving the most important and precious gift 
on planet Earth in all of eternity. And that is the gift of eternal life. And that has to be guarded by you. It has to be guarded by you tonight. Here's what this means. The reason he kept warning over and over and over again. This gospel, it has to be treasured by our soul before it is shared by our life. That is what that means tonight. Cottage Hill College, you have to get to a point inside of your life and inside of your personal walk with Jesus Christ that you don't just believe this gospel. You don't just allow, let Jesus come into your heart. We have to come to a point, not just as a group, but as individuals, because we know a walk with Jesus is simply an individual walk. We have to come to a point inside of our lives to where we know that we have to treasure what God has given us. Don't simply want it. Don't even desire it. You need to treasure it. And come to the realization, like, without this, I would have nothing. Like, without, without this gospel, without Jesus dying on the cross for me, I would literally have nothing. And I think it's so hard for us to understand that tonight. But don't you understand, this is why we are to guard it and to treasure it and to pursue it. Do you, did you notice all these big words? Like, God, why are you so serious about this? He's thinking, did you not see what I did with my son for you? Did you not see how I sent my son for you? And he's probably thinking, why are you not so serious about it? Why are you not so passionate about this gospel? Why are you not in pursuit of other people's souls because of this gospel? It has to be treasured by our souls before it's shared by our life. This is our goal tonight. And so if I were to sum all this up, in one simple sentence. And you're probably thinking, dude, you should have done this five weeks ago. Could have been done with this already. If I were to sum this whole series up in just one sentence, here it is. Witnessing while distancing simply means fighting for people's souls without being up close and personal. That is it. When you boil it down, that is what it means. In order to witness while you are distant, that simply means that you are fighting for their souls even though you're not up close and personal with them because we know it's possible and we know God has called us to this mission so our only question is going back to the second point are we freely going to participate in this mission that is our main purpose that is what we are called to do here that is what we are going to do here because we know when we do that God will be all over this place. This place will not be big enough to hold us. I'm telling you. I'm trying to convince people of that now, but they don't believe me. And so as we give into this mission, give into it wholeheartedly. Give into it treasuring this mission. Give into it knowing that you have nothing, nothing without this mission. And see how God uses your life not just for your soul, but for other people's souls around you. Pray with me. God, we do love you. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for, for this word tonight. God, is this coming to a close? 
God, we know that it's, it's got lasting impacts. And so, God, I just pray for the people, God, who are in this room. God, I just want to pray in the most humble way that I know how. God, I know it's hard. And I pray that none of them are thinking, God, that I'm saying it's easy. But, Lord, we are called to share your eternal gift with the people inside of our lives. And God, maybe some of us are sitting here tonight and we've never, we've never taken this eternal gift. And so some people may be like, what are, what are we even talking about? And so God, my only, my only prayer is this, is that God, you would transform someone's soul tonight. That God, you would transform their life. And that God, we would understand as a college group God that you've brought us together as many people many people online many people in person but God in all reality it's all about each of us it's all about the personal connections that we have with the people inside of our lives and so God I just pray encouragement over all this group right now I pray perseverance I pray gentleness and love, and peace, and pursuit. God, I pray for boldness, that there will be a boldness that goes within the individual setting in this room right now. And every week, God, our goal would be, Lord, as we are affected and impacted by this gospel, we are to go out and we are to bring more people back with us. So Jesus, we just want to thank you for for all that you've done during this series, God, we want to thank you for the lives that has been changed, God, for the lives that have been baptized, for the ones who have joined the church within the past few weeks. God, we thank you. But God, while we thank you, we want to keep asking for more people. We want to keep asking for more people to be saved and baptized and join the church. God, we know this is your mission, and we want to join in on that. So God, tonight, let it be a continuation of what we've been seeing from you. We know you're faithful, we know you're good, and we know you do it all for your glory, and that's that's to benefit us in the long run, God. So Jesus, have your way in this invitation. God, have your way as we seek after your face and as we give up our lives. It's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.